Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio and Phoenix, Arizona, you are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 33 of Work Life 360. Today, we have a special guest, Miss Suzanne Heaton, and we're going to be talking all about connecting with nature. Um, But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360, as Rod and I deliver actionable content to you every single Wednesday. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for joining us every single week. Leave us a like, smash that like button. Rhonda, I know you like that part. <laughs> but again, today is all about connecting with nature. Rhonda, Suzanne, how are we this afternoon? Doing fabulous, thank you. It's a beautiful fall day up here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. What is a beautiful fall day in Calgary like? So right now I'm looking out my office window and the leaves on the trees are glowing golden yellow and uh, blowing in the breeze and we've got orange colors and green and we've got um, some uh, purpley colors on some of the trees too it's absolutely a gorgeous time of the year okay and you got to explain that to Rhonda just a little bit more so Rhonda leaves change colors <laughs> when it gets to fall that doesn't happen in Arizona <laughs> no, now, now I'm feeling deprived. <laughs> <laughs> we here in Cincinnati, we have not experienced the the leaves changing. They're starting to fall a little bit, but we don't have that beautiful, just glow of of nature right now. Not yet. So you're experiencing it now. That's awesome. Um, so beautiful. It absolutely is. And uh, actually, this past weekend, I got out for a beautiful drive with my mom. And she said to me, she said, you know, Suze, she said, do you think heaven could be this beautiful? <laughs> you know, God created it, so. Yeah, I'm there sure, you go. I'm sure it could be. Here in Arizona, we've kind of gone through our winter, as I've learned to equate the Arizona summers to when it's 110, 120, everybody hibernates. So interestingly enough, when we're talking about the outdoors during the summer months here, you really don't see your neighbors. There's not a lot of people outside exercising and and enjoying nature unless it's early in the morning or late in the evenings. But for two, three months, the lows were 105. So Mm. one of the wonderful benefits of the fall here is now we see temperatures in the evening around 70 and then during the day to 90 and without the humidity it really does create a more welcoming environment for us to get outdoors and I just noticed this past week with all the rain and what have you the temperatures dropping the hiking trails were a little more filled and you see more people strolling with their dogs and just being more active outside and um, reaping some of the benefits which we're excited to talk to you about Suzanne. Absolutely. Suzanne, kind of give us a a brief background of of who Suzanne is, where she comes from, where you got to to where you are, and then tell us a little bit about 
you know, your, your online challenge that we spoke about before we before we jumped on? Sure. Um, you know what? I'll I'll start at the beginning. I um, grew up in a small rural community called Miami, Manitoba, believe it or not. And I grew up on um, our family farm that had been in our family for over three generations. So I learned a lot from my great aunts coming out. They were master gardeners. They worked in the garden, learned a lot from them. My dad was a teacher, a farmer, and a soil and water conservationist. And my mom was a palliative care coordinator and a landscape painter. So it was in this setting that I learned so much about nature without even realizing I was learning it, which is the best way to learn. And I ended up going off to university and then getting the corporate job and working in that for 11 years and having some wake-up calls. And they were life-changing wake-up calls. And one of them was burnout. And I had to take a stress leave from work which was a huge slice of humble pie for me to have to eat. And during that time, I also ended up losing my father. And I decided then that I was going to take a leap of faith and create my own business called Motivated by Nature because I wanted to help others to live a more balanced and healthy lifestyle so that they didn't have the type of burnout that I experienced and also to have them reconnect with nature and all its healing benefits. That's awesome. So real quick question, just you mentioned, you know, obviously burnout and having to take a stress leave. And I don't want to open up any bad wounds, but how do no, you no. recognize that you were experiencing burnout? So what happened was I traveled overseas a lot for work and I was incredibly exhausted. And I had honestly thought that I had caught something while I was overseas, um, either on the plane or what, whatever it might be. And I went for all the blood work with my doctor and my doctor just said to me, he said, you know what, Suzanne, if you don't take a stress leave, you're going to end up in the hospital. Because what was happening was it would take all of my energy to get out of bed in the morning, to get to work, I'd get home, eat supper, and I'd go right to bed. And then I'd sleep the entire weekend. And that was not my um, personality at all. Everyone always knew me as having so much energy and being the first one to dive in and, and do things. So it was a huge, huge wake-up call for me. So the decision to go on to stress leave, was that your decision? Or did the company say, hey, hey Suzanne, I think you need to, to take some time off? No, it was actually um, my, doc my doctor said to me, he said, I'm writing a note. He said, your company needs to give you this break because like, like I said before, he said, you're going to end up in the hospital if you don't because you're just, you're on, on an empty tank and you can't keep going like this. It was interesting um, when, when I first approached and asked for the stress leave, what had happened was we had gone through a merger in our, in our company. And I had approached and still after a month, I hadn't heard anything. And I went back to my doctor and my doctor said, that's it. I'm writing you a, a note. He said, effective immediately. And so there was no ifs, ands, or buts. I uh, had to take that leave. Good for your doctor to stand up and, and recognize the value of, of burnout. And 
kind of take charge in the situation. You know, we pay doctors to do, and you know, kudos to him. He, you know what, he was amazing, and and he did he did understand. He said, you know, you're not the first person from this organization that has come to me, right? And um, he said, I think they're so overwhelmed in HR right now that they just have so so much that they're processing. He said, I'm I'm going to expedite the process for you. And then when you took that break, is that when you kind of came to the realization to make this change and create a healthier workspace for you, or did you? kind of go back and play in the waters again, or did you just exit from that point? So what happened was um, I was off for six months, actually. And during that six months, I, I lost my father to, to cancer. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a, a chat with my dad, and he said, get yourself the heck out of that job and go and focus on your business. And um, so I listened to him. So I, I returned for two months and to, to give them enough notice sort of thing and um, effective March of 2009 I took the leap of faith and entered the world of entrepreneurship. <laughs> How's that been? <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, yes. I love, I love how you didn't ignore it in that heartfelt moment that you had with your father. Um, I'm sure he's looking down and so proud of your decision because that takes a lot of courage to leave a position where there's a steady income and then you have to go about creating this life obviously and an income so that you can maintain your health and well-being absolutely you know and i think the thing too was my my father had been really old school you know he he was the one you stay with the job you stay with the company um, he really believed in that and he'd been so proud of how I had advanced in my career. And for him to be giving me that advice so close to the end of his life really had an impact on me. And um, that was the final little push I needed over the cliff. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to, to just, just um, you know, seize the day. And, and like I said, it was really important to me. I, I had someone come up to me um, at work and say to me, you know what, Suzanne, I knew after the first two weeks in this job that it was not for me. And he had worked in the company for over 20 years at that time. And he said, but I got addicted to the money, so I just stayed. And I thought, you know what, it's, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I have been there, done that. <laughs> I don't have gray hair, but I would if, if it was in our genetics. But oh boy, wow. speaking to my soul on that one. It's so hard, I think, sometimes when we have a family and we're trying to provide a stable environment to live in a way that meets all of our basic needs, but sometimes we go at it and we don't realize that we're really overstressing ourselves. And sometimes it takes that person, that other person outside of ourselves, like your father, Suzanne, or Bruce, your wife, or your children, that. Mm -hmm point out, hey, we love you, we see that this is a situation that you're in is not benefiting your health and well-being, and those folks can kind of give us permission so that we prioritize our health and start to practice self-care because sometimes we, we put that stuff off because we're so busy, focused on others, and then we kind of save ourselves for last. We hear of it often, you know, burnout, and it's just not being mindful of our health and well-being. And or sometimes we get stuck in that wheel of just going through the day-to-day -day and, 
And it's nice to have folks, whether it's in our workplace or in our personal life, to point that out. And when they notice that things are off, and maybe we're behaving in a way that's not normal, our energy levels are off. Sometimes we don't notice it, or we notice it and we feel like we don't have time to pay attention to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you so. you've you said a lot in there, Rhonda. And one thing I I just um, want to really stress is um, I'm a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm and also recovering workaholic. And workaholism is the only addiction that actually gets celebrated in our society. Mm -hmm. And I think since COVID has hit, I think people realize how important it is to have more of a balance in their life between their work and their their personal life. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. One more thing and then Bruce, I want you to jump in. (laughs) I was thinking about the other day, Bruce and I have talked about the importance of sleep and like one third of our life should be at least dedicated towards sleep and sometimes we don't prioritize that. And one third of our life we spend with our family and friends and then one third of our life we spend with work. That seems to be a pretty healthy balance but as you alluded to Suzanne, that work-life mentality kind of sometimes takes over and then it impacts those other two components of our life and I think that workaholism that we've created we see in different countries the high burnout rates because they've adopted the same practices that we have and it's trying to get leadership or those folks in charge of certain industries or organizations where it's driven more by I think financial gains yeah and I mean there's study after study out there that shows that when you focus on your employee well-being and, and employee health, the return on investment is a minimum of $1 spent to creating $3, right? One to three minimum of what you get. Um, and I think organizations are just starting to adopt this. Yeah, yeah. So, so you left corporate America. You Corporate cor- Canada. Corporate Canada, yeah. <laughs> so not as good as corporate America, but a, a close second. So, so you left the big, big picture and, and focused on becoming an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. what kind of talked to us a little bit about the conception of this idea of being wild about nature. Okay, so there is a little bit more too that I didn't share with you. Um, so my friend's young daughter, so this would have been uh, seven years before I left my corporate job. Um, she had a very rare brain tumor and uh, she was only 12 years old and she ended up passing away from that brain tumor. And the very next night after she passed away, her name was Sarah, and she came to me in a dream. And she said to me in the dream, she was twirling in a meadow filled with wildflowers, and she was smiling and laughing, and she said, Suzanne, I've got fairy wings instead of angel wings, because they're so much easier to run and play around the meadow in. And I woke up from that dream, and I thought, you know what, I don't know the first thing about fairies. And I did some research on them, and in, in the Celtic tradition, um, they're very connected to nature, and they're all about us having fun and lightening up. And so that was actually the first focus when I left the corporate career, was I created a children's book dedicated in Sarah's memory, and 
and it was all about inspiring respect for ourselves, others, and the environment, and it was called the ABC Field Guide to Fairies. And each fairy had a poem and a message associated with either re respecting yourself, others, or nature. And so it started from that. I started doing speaking engagements because I was Suzanne the Sunshine Fairy from the book. And <laughs> um, it started into more speaking engagements about, you know, the healing benefits of nature. Uh, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and I included the lessons I learned climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I did some writing workshops on how I created the book. And um, then I just recently launched the online Wild About Nature Challenge as well. <laughs> so it's pivot, pivot, repivot. I love how you started with children and took that dream, that visualization, and brought it to life and created a beautiful resource for kids to explore nature and all the different aspects of our health and well-being. What was really neat about it was I had a lot of adults that came up to me and said, you know that message, the letter T, that really resonated for me. I really needed to hear that right now, you know? So um, the book wasn't just for kids, it ended up being for adults as well. So. so. Tell us a little about incorporating nature into our lives. Like, let, let's, let's dig into the meats and potatoes here for a minute. Obviously, there's benefits, okay? There's correlation between how much time you spend in nature to happiness and less stress. But I want to turn it over to you and just let us have it. Like, give us the the science behind it and the why, and let's hear it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. You're unleashing a storm here. <laughs> So actually, I wanted to talk to, to Rhonda's point about sleep, the third, third, third. A lot of us don't realize just how important it is to get that sleep. And nature can help so much with that. Because if we get outdoors and experience the sunshine prior to 11 o'clock in the morning, what that helps to do is help set our circadian rhythm which is what helps to regulate our sleeping patterns. And then again at night, if we can watch a sunset and then turn off as many of our blue devices as possible. So after the sun sets, try not to be on your computer, try not to be on your phone, try not to be watching the TV, try to have as much natural light as possible and even light a candle because that just helps to let your brain know that you know what it's time for me to relax because I don't know if you've ever done this if you've ever watched like a high action movie or an intense movie and you try to go to sleep right after it's a little bit hard to fall asleep because your, your brain is just still overworking and processing everything that you've seen. Um, so yeah that's on sleep and I mean there are tons of sleep experts out there on all the different things that you can do but um, that is one big one and you had talked about you know uh, how we get so busy working and and th that's all we're focused on um, Shinrin Yoku which is a Japanese term which translates into forest bathing is something that originated in in Japan with with two doctors who wanted to see what would happen when they took individuals out of the concrete jungle of Tokyo into the forest and what they did is they did saliva tests to test their cortisol levels to see what their stress levels were at and then they took them for 
this forest bathing or Shinrin Yoku. And what this is, this is being really mindful in nature and using every single one of your senses. It's not going on a speed walk. It's, it's not being fast. It's being very intentional about being present and mindful in your surroundings. And what they found out was the cortisol levels came down significantly after people had gone for one of these forest bathing experiences or Shinran Yoku experiences. So yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. It's, um, nature has so much healing available. You know, being in a green forest, German researchers found that that actually sparked our creativity. Green, the color green, like you were talking about green and, and oceans and, and the whole bit before. And um, when we're around green and blue, it's really, really healing for us because that gets to our ancestral roots, right? When we were looking for water, when we were looking for food to eat. So that's why those colors are so powerful for us. But like I said, the German researchers found that green is the most important color for us when we're wanting to be creative. So going out for a walk with a lot of greenery around really helps to help that creativity flow. Mm. My husband and I recently hiked the Grand Canyon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was beautiful. Little pot. I vividly recall one of the best parts of that entire experience was actually when we arrived at the basin and there was a stream there. So we just went over there and sat in the water. It was really cold. Um, it just kind of slowed our thought process down, calmed our bodies, and it allowed us to be very present where other things weren't popping into our head. It physically felt very different from even the hiking. Yes. Um, so it was just a very relaxing environment so I could see how cortisol levels would be lowered because um, you're kind of taking away all the stress. And, and it's interesting that you touched on that too, Rhonda, because actually the three most soothing sounds to the human ear are wind, like a gentle wind, and water, and bird song. So when you have that around, around you, it's very soothing and calming. So I tell people if they can't be in that type of environment, there's tons of stuff on the internet for downloading and listening to that in the background. And it just really helps to, to reset and relax you. I like when we um, listen to white noise at night, sometimes that'll help for those of us uh, who have a hard time shutting off our brains. <laughs> absolutely. I If I'm ever having a difficult time, I've found this one CD and I, I need to uh, talk to the person that, that put this together, but she has a very, very soft voice and I put it on and I always fall asleep listening to that. It's just a very soothing sound. It's like someone walking you to sleep at night. So, yeah. So with this outside nature challenge called Motivated by Nature, right? Well, Motivated by Nature is my business and okay. it's the Wild About Nature challenge that I do on a monthly basis. Yeah. What is that? So what it is, it's about people getting outdoors and getting their 10,000 steps in, in a mindful way for 30 days. And we do a pre-survey to see where people's connection is at prior to doing the challenge and where their mental health and physical health is at. 
and then people from all over the world participate. For example, in September I had people from Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada participate and I give them prompts each day to go out and look for. And then what they do is they upload either a picture, a video, or just a comment from what they've seen that day with the prompt. And then I'll, I'll give feedback and give them areas that they can dive a little bit deeper in. And the rest of the community that is there also supports them as well with their comments. And it's just wonderful to see such a safe community be formed and to see how mindful people become because I have some people who are quite huge nature enthusiasts and one of the things they say is by doing the challenge it makes them that much more mindful of everything around them to the point where there's things they've passed by a million times before and the challenge actually made them see it for the very first time. So so what would be an example of a prompt? Um, I keep it as simple as possible. Bruce, I okay. use letters of the alphabet. So day one is letter A. And it's go outside and find something that begins with the letter A. It could be an animal. It could be seeing awe. Because when we see awe, as per Dr. Rosini from a TED Talks that she did, it takes us out of focusing on ourselves to focusing outside ourselves and being much more compassionate individuals. So... Okay. Yeah, so even if you can't find something that begins with an A, you can use your imagination or your creativity and use sticks and stones and make the letter A if you want and then take a picture. But it's just amazing what people have passed by, like I said before, and not even thought, oh my God, that begins with an A. And it's just, it's really interesting. And I, I have, um, I actually launched my own, my very own platform in September of last year with, with COVID and everything. And I've been doing this every month because I do it along with the participants and guide them along. And I see something new every time. Would sounds count? Absolutely, 100%. And what I do is I actually layer on the senses each week so okay. that they, they start utilizing every single one of their senses. So what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are you yeah. hearing? What are you touching? So it really brings them to that present moment. So people that live in like a... In the city, not a lot of greenscape, not a lot of, there's still, nature's everywhere, you can't escape it, but not as much to those that live in the suburbs or in the country. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I had someone participate from downtown high-rise Calgary, and she was amazed by how much nature was around her that sure. she wasn't really aware of when she went looking for it, right? And yes, it is better when you can be more immersed in nature all around you but just bringing that mindfulness to how close it is right out your front door is quite amazing that's very true i had to run to the city here phoenix arizona it had been probably three or four years since i had visited a city before so anyway long story short i was walking around and lots of construction going on and i spotted in the middle of this plaza, waterfalls and birds and people sitting outside and a nice green space. So it's nice to see actually more and more urban communities are mindful of creating these green spaces, these green zones where they bring some of the great outdoors in between all these high rise 
structures to help create some wellness, I would say, um, in these very, very busy spaces for people to kind of step outside and decompress. Absolutely. That's a huge area right now, Rhonda. Um, city planners are really focusing on that and also focusing on the easy access to the green spaces because they're realizing that some impoverished neighborhoods do not have the same access to green space as more affluent neighborhoods do. So I think that that is a huge learning and I'm glad that you were able to find a little bit of nature in, in the city. And it happened actually in this challenge, I had someone from New Zealand and she's in quite a rural area of New Zealand and she had to go to, to Auckland for work and was not looking forward to it. But because she was doing the challenge, she, she said, oh my God, she said, I was able to find things in nature and actually looked forward to the trip more than how she was dreading it before. I love this whole idea because we know, even if we're traveling, say we get in a car from here to there, we're used to these similar patterns and then our brain kind of shuts off we do things automatically kind of like we're in like a hypnotic trance because we're so used to traveling in certain ways but you're bringing an intent to get people more focused to pay attention to those little things that we pass every day that we kind of discount just because our brain is it's so busy paying attention to other things so it's really a beautiful way to improve your mindset and your well-being wherever you are that will improve our lives in, in the long run absolutely and you know with that as well Rhonda um, what happens is so you have the experience of seeing, hearing, touching, whatever it is, but then you also share the experience on the platform. And that is where the real gold happens because when you're sharing an experience, your brain doesn't know the difference between you actually experiencing it and talking about it, mm. sharing it, right? So you get to experience it all over again and you get to dive in at an even deeper level. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of like an on line community journal it, it is really and it's interesting to see all the different places that people are coming from and all the different issues that they may be working through that's so neat and so what what are some of the benefits of taking part in this daily challenge there's there's a load here <laughs> so one one of the things there's been so many science-backed research studies done on the benefits of getting outdoors for exercise so a study from Duke University found that people who went outdoors for a 30-minute walk three times per week, that that was as effective at controlling their mood as taking an antidepressant drug. Really? Really. And what's really cool, and I, I know that they're doing this in the States right now, but they've also just launched it in Canada, and it's a joint program. It's the first evidence green prescription program through the Parks BC Foundation, so that's British Columbia Foundation, and a, a doctor there, her name's Dr. Melissa Lem, and they've partnered together to create these green prescriptions. So when patients come to them with some chronic issues, they actually take in everything that they, they tell them, and if they qualify, they give them these green prescriptions for them to get outdoors for a certain amount of time. And I actually spoke with Dr. Melissa Lem about this because they launched it in November of last year. 
and they're planning to have it go across Canada. And it received a lot of criticism, people saying, well, you know, if anyone's suffering anxiety, that's just going to increase their anxiety levels. And what Dr. Melissa Lamb said was they don't realize that they make these prescriptions patient-centric. So if someone has high anxiety, they're taking that into account. And if they feel that a walking buddy would help them, they get them assigned with a walking buddy, right? So it's not a one size fits all. And I'm telling you, I am so excited about it. I can't wait till it, it gets across Canada. That sounds super cool. It sounds like another option, another tool in the person's tool belt to take a more holistic approach to their health and well-being. Oh, absolutely. And, and another one on that same vein is getting out and digging in the dirt. They've actually done research that found that soil contains these um, microbiomes that when you breathe them in, it has the same effect of taking Prozac without any of the negative side effects or withdrawal symptoms. So that's just from digging in the dirt, right? Gut-brain connection. Gut-brain connection, exactly, exactly. Another study was done for people working out inside versus those working outdoors. And they found those that were working out outdoors actually decreased their stress levels more and decreased their blood pressure more, so less susceptible to heart attack and heart disease as well. I feel like, Bruce, we should have been outdoors. That's yeah. where my brain is right now. <laughs> I oh wish my. I was outside with both of you right now. <laughs> so, Suzanne, one of the things that we talked about earlier, and in, in it was quite a few episodes back, was just our connection with whether it's the woods, the mountains, the water, it seems though that you know when people think about oh, I want to go on vacation, mm -hmm. nobody says I want to go to vacation and sit in a skyscraper all day. <laughs> they want to go in the mountains, they want to disconnect, but I, I've always felt that there's always a, a connection to pull us towards towards water and and whether it's being you know whether we're fishing, whether we're swimming, whether we're you know, just being at the beach, the wind, the, the waves, the sounds, the just being in the water. Is there, I think our body's what, 70% water? Like, is there a connection between us and water? 100%, 100%. There's so much here. So those that like to be beside the ocean and listen to the ocean waves, the reason it is so calming is because the cycle of the ocean waves coming in mimics our body when we are at rest. So our breathing mimics the ocean cycles when we are at rest. So that's why the sounds of ocean waves are so incredibly calming to us. And then some of us like to listen to the trickling water. There's just that calming feeling just from listening to a trickling stream, right? And again, that, that's linked to, to our ancestral roots. We looked for water holes for our overall well-being because like you said, we're 70% water in our body and we have that connection. And anything that has water in it is energy. So the trees have energy, the rocks have energy, we have energy. Anything that has water in it has energy and we have a, an energy field around us. And that gets into quantum physics and the whole bit. But uh, um, another thing that's really, really interesting is, um, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Emoto's work with, with water. Dr. Emoto found that he could take water that was very polluted and he had people sing praises to the water um, he had it with some monks and then he 
basically took the water and put it in the freezer and showed the crystals that it formed before and after. The crystals and the geometric patterns that the water shaped after being prayed over versus before was absolutely phenomenal. I, I highly recommend checking up Dr. Emoto and, and just seeing that. So you can see how just the energy of us praying over the water, how it changed the water. So you can see how the water is changing us when we're around nice, clear, clean water as well. Water, we know, we see a powerful waterfall, the yes. energy. We physically will feel its energy. So this makes complete sense as you're communicating this to us. I thank you for sharing that. Well, water is one of the most incredible elements, and this is, this is what I learned from my father. It is the only element that can freeze on itself and not sink. And scientists haven't been able to figure out why yet. There's a lot of mystery in water. There's a lot of messages in water. There's another book that talks about messages in water. It's, it's just phenomenal when you start digging into it all. It's so incredible to think about its power and all the beautiful landscape that it creates as well as how destructive it could be. So it's something to be appreciated and valued and respected in a way that we're living more mindfully and appreciating all aspects of the earth and, and its superpowers such as water. Well, I love that you said that, Rhonda, because all of nature has so many lessons to teach us if we're just willing to slow down, look and listen. And one with water is water looks soft, right? When it's mm -hmm. going over the rock, but between rock and water, water always wins. It always e eventually gets through, right? And I think that's a great metaphor for our, for our life is to be persistent and consistent and keep moving forward, moving ahead, right? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So Suzanne, for our listeners, where can they find more information about the challenge? They can find information about the challenge on my website. It's learning.motivatedbynature.com. And one thing that I really want to touch on, because this is, this is my sweet spot um, about nature, is the fact that getting out in nature increases our immunity naturally. Because what happens is trees and plants give off what's called phytoncides, and that's just a fancy scientific name for essential oils. And when we go out and we breathe in these essential oils or these phytoncides, what it does is it naturally helps to increase our white blood cells that help to kill viruses and bacteria. Mm. So we should all be taking our nature walks just to increase our immunity alone. Especially now. Especially now. Yes, yes. Yes. Even if you're vaccinated and whether you're yes. on one side of the fence or the other, you still got the flu season, you still got cold and allergies, there's so much there. Thank you for saying that, Bruce, because with each of the different seasons, at least here in Canada, maybe not so much for you, Rhonda, but uh, um, the biomes in the soil changes. And those biomes are what affects the, the gut health. And so with each of the seasons, it's important for us to get out there, even when we have these wonderful cooler vortexes here in Canada, where we get to the, the minus 30 weather, it's important for us to get out there and get that fresh air in. In all aspects of our life, from the way we, who we have relationships with, the foods yeah. we eat, going out into our environment and exploring all the different components, as you mentioned, like playing in the dirt, all of these things really help us you know, live a healthier, mindful lifestyle that I think just makes us feel more enjoyment in life. 
in a healthy, natural way. Go ahead, Bruce, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just, it's so fascinating, and it would be fun to to dig in even more and have Suzanne come on again and just, we could just pick one specific topic. Let her <laughs> just talk. Just do a deep, so deep dive. I want to learn more yeah, about I'm still, I'm still, I'm five minutes back in the conversation. I'm still trying to figure out how water doesn't freeze on itself and sink. I, I my mind is blown. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Suzanne, thank you for joining us today. This, this challenge sounds like an excellent opportunity, whether we're, you know, we live in the city or we live in wherever you live, just to get out and connect. And, you know, we're all about, like, Work Life 360 is simply just about living in a more productive, healthy lifestyle. And this is definitely one way that myself and our listeners could could benefit from natural sunlight, natural fresh air, just tons of, of greatness there. We, we've yet to even unpack. <laughs> and I love the idea of the prompts that you're sharing, Suzanne, because we have these biases and automatic kind of responses when we're out and about the way we think and what we're paying attention to. So you've created an environment where we can learn and explore some things that we really don't pay attention to every day and get the health benefits of doing so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I was going to say, Bruce, as well, is that I actually did a proof of concept with this challenge with a company in the Philippines in January of this year and how it improved their team morale and their overall mental health was just it was mind blowing. It was really mind blowing. And so I really want to get this challenge out to the masses, to individuals, as well as to corporate teams to help build that, that team building, build the morale, build that employee well-being, right? I would love to talk to you more about this anytime. <laughs> yes, yes. And one last time, where can people find you? Sure. So it's learning.motivatedbynature.com. And we will have the link in the description. And Suzanne, thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. And, and I know we will have you back on if you will have us. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Any last takeaways that you have that really want to hit home? You know, just one quick one. So if people can't do the challenge, what I tell them is to get an accountability partner. Because when you share that you are going to do something, you're 65% more likely to achieve it. But if you share on a frequent basis with that accountability partner, you're 95% more likely to accomplish it. So get yourself an accountability partner, get outdoors, get your 10,000 steps in, and get them mindfully. And that is something that we preach on this this <laughs> podcast all the time. Accountability, all about some accountability. It's a love hate relationship because I know I need it and I hate it because I know I need it. So you're, you're speaking to my soul once again. Thank you, Suzanne. This has really been a lot of fun, and we appreciate your time. We know you're super busy, so thank you for sharing your story, your journey, what has inspired you to not only practice what you preach, but champion so that more of us can have those same wellness experiences. Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank you, Rhonda and Bruce, for your time and for what you're getting out there. I think it's so important for people to hear this, and thank you for all that you're doing, and, and thank you for your time today. Wonderful.
final shout out, just for some context, uh, Bruce, I actually met Suzanne through Peter Clark <laughs> on Red TV. So he does a lot of live streaming on LinkedIn platforms for people to show up authentically and contribute whatever it is in their profession to help us all become successful. So shout out to Peter. Huge shout out, Peter. Awesome. Well, this concludes our episode of Work Life 360. We hope you guys enjoyed us. And Suzanne, again, thank you so much. Everybody be well and be safe. Take care, everybody. Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.